These delicate strips of film are the materials which record and transmit the creations of Hollywood. We're talking pictures. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Talking Pictures new intro. And you better believe it, guys. Woo-hoo. Nice job, Dave. Wow, thank you very much, man. That's dude, it. it's fire. It's snapping too and it's fucking hot in here right now because you turn the air off <laughs> it's good and i think it's good i'm because i'm the one who made it but if you guys Making enjoy you sweat. it sweat let me let us know hit us up on talking underscore pictures underscore podcast on instagram.com and guys we got a great show for you tonight instagram.com sounds weird yeah world yeah. wide web just tap the app just hit the app Why, you don't yeah. have to go to the internet to go to instagram everyone right. knows that now yeah <laughs> we do have a great show so yeah. we are talking four movies tonight and this is a big pod this might be the most stacked pod we've done so far this year big we have barbie we have oppenheimer we have mission impossible dead reckoning part Mm -hmm. one and then we have a little small indie film called the last deal that will sneak in there yeah but i'm excited man like we have some uh this is it this is the this is probably the biggest show of the year so far, yeah, Indy was Indy was a big movie, but like all we jammed them all, we squeezed them into this thing, and it was Sardine King called a little talking Pass. pictures podcast. Pass. Oh, I thought you were talking about Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, well I mean, no, it's a big movie, right? It was a big. It movie. It was a big movie. Yeah, it was. A, it was. A, it was. It yeah. happened. Small turnout. So those are four movies we did watch, guys, and we're going to talk about them tonight. And just a little note on the intro song. I we were we come into some trouble with the law, and we were wanted and. We Still had to are. change things up. <laughs> and there was a moment where maybe someone was going to find us for work that, w- w- it, it, you know, uh, copyright. So we fixed it, and now we're on the right track, and I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I hope you guys enjoy this show. We're going to have a great show tonight. Um, how are you, Evan? I mean, it was not nothing of your ill intent <laughs> no. or ill will. <laughs> you just so. thought you thought this piece of audio was usable. in the public domain and usable, and... It turned out it wasn't. It so, simply wasn't. <laughs> you know. Um, Growing pains. Uh, we will still record this uh, in the jail cell that we inhabit yeah. soon. So in, it's fine. In a trench in uh, I'm Iraq. selling you. I'm selling you down the river, bro. <laughs> Throw me right you're, under. You're done. You're going to literally point you're to me. You're done. He did it. He wrote. He did it. That's it. Guys, I do have a t-shirt on. You technically did do it. So <laughs> <laughs> So I'm telling you the truth. Yeah, yeah. You're not lying. But I'm stabbing you in the back and the front. Guys, I... <laughs> Guys, I am wearing a shirt tonight. Um, Usually he's bare chested. First time in a while, I'd put a shirt on. Barrel and it chested. Is actual, uh, if you're looking at the video footage of this podcast, it is a real. Wallow, right? It is, it's, what, one more time? Is it wallow? Are you wallowing? Is yeah, that wallowing, what you're saying? Weeping, this is a, a beautiful film, I would say, perfect cinema movie called Willow, and it stars Willow and Mad Morgan. I never heard of it. I, uh, well, I used to check it out. Can't. Too busy watching current movies, because <laughs> that's what the job is. Spent twenty three dollars in this shirt. Um, so <laughs> there's gonna be. Uh, you did not eat that day. No, that was it. T- birthdays. <laughs> we do have some birthdays. We do. Yeah. Cue yeah. the music. Cue the mu. Uh, we do have some birthdays today, and a very happy one, and a very sad one. It's Aquafina again. <laughs> it's her birthday. <laughs> she had another birthday. one. Crazy that every she right? seems to sneak it in and no one notices that that lady has a lot of birthdays. Happy birthday, Aquafina! And uh, welcome. What was back. her character in Little Mermaid? The bird. Yeah, what was that bird called again? Uh, 
El Elnor or something. El, I think it was just like Elmer or something, right? So far from the truth. Happy birthday, Robin Williams. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. It sucks. 20, 2014. And the picture they used was fucking awful. That was 2014? Yeah, man. Tough stuff, huh? Wow. That's tough. It probably is the one. It hurts the most. You know, Prince sucks. Bowie sucks. But, like, Robin was a big deal. It sucks, man. Really sucks. Scuttle. Scuttlebutt. That was the, yeah, <laughs> Scuttle. that was the name of the bird. Right. Yeah, yeah, Scuttle. yeah. Scuttle. Um, Rory Culkin. Happy birthday, Robin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I was looking up Scuttle. Yeah. Happy birthday, Robin. Yeah. And happy birthday, Rory Culkin. Rory was just <laughs> on an episode of Black Mirror, I believe. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Man, he what a sharp played a face Charles Manson-type figure. <laughs> I'm looking at the so. picture, man. That guy is... A sharp-looking man, not like a trap. Like he looks like very pointy in all parts of his bones. Right. And Kieran Culkin is just being mo- the most successful so after successful. his run on yeah. uh, Succession. Because I think so. he looks at his family and he's like, <laughs> weird, <laughs> tough stuff. Huh? What was Rory? It was Rory was in <laughs> I have Scream no idea. Four. This is I the think. first time I heard of this man. I didn't realize that there were more Culkins running around. They're like the the other brothers, the twin, the other twins. The the Hemsworths. The, no, the other ones. What about the Hemsworths? Well, there's a lot of those running around yeah, too. There's three of them. <laughs> there's so many of these actors running around with their with their brothers. Um, happy birthday! Who are you thinking of? I'm thinking about <laughs> the guy that played it and his oh, family. Scars guard. Yeah. There's so many Scars guard dude. That's just man. a common Swedish last name. Though. There's a lot. I don't know if they're all related. S- can you roll the ska? Ska You want to listen to some ska? Ska, What are you saying over there? Ska, ska. Uh, happy birthday, of course, to... Pennywise. Pennywise. <laughs> Again. Born in a sewer. Jessica Barden. Day. I don't know Jess Barden. Who's no, that? isn't this girl... Um, wasn't she recently in an affair with Aaron Taylor Johnson? Jessica Barden? She's having an affair with just right? Aaron Taylor Johnson? Yeah. Wasn't she also in Bullet Train? Jessica Barden. I don't know her. Her face looks exactly like that. I also like try to block other. out Bullet Train from my Jessica, mind. no, this isn't. Oh, this was the girl from the end of the fucking world. Oh, I like her. Yeah, I do yeah. like her a lot. Happy birthday. I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah, happy birthday to her. It was a great TV show. Um, yeah, did not man. watch season two. You didn't? No. Or you're telling me not to. I did not watch oh, it. Oh, yeah. I really yeah. need to because obviously first season was phenomenal. Added to the list. Josh Hartnett. Hey. <laughs> Very Josh topical. Having a, he's having a comeback. Topical. What a surprise tonight. Black Mirror mm-hmm. and Operation Fortune earlier this year. Yeah. And yeah. then And he was in, in. Um, Die Hearts, Die Harder. Was Kevin he? Hart movie. Yep. I did not know he was going to. There's a lot of jump scares in Oppenheimer. You didn't know he's an Oppenheimer? No, nah, I had no idea. Don Knotts. Nice. Have birthday. And uh, finally, Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> Which is okay. Like, isn't that nuts? Nice. Yeah, happy birthday. And then I, I guess... How old, what year was he born in? So he was born I'm in... I'm going to say 1889. Great guess. 1899. Okay. Which again... A little off. That turn of the century moment, people must have been a nightmare. When it was about to be 1900, they're like, oh, they're going to turn... All the steam engines are going to turn off at once. <laughs> you know what? You made this joke last time. I did, because it's crazy you, to me. Think about it. No, I think because your... I think your logic's flawed. Because Y2K was about that one becoming a two. Okay, is it that... just became eighteen ninety nine. Just became eighteen nine, or it just became nineteen hundred. But wouldn't that scare them? Wouldn't they? They knew about the Mayans at the time. They knew Mayans happened. They weren't like, uh, man, we're gonna lose our eight. 
Is that what? <laughs> why did the Mayans have anything to do with that? The calendar. But wasn't that like 2012? Wasn't that? Yeah. I but thought Y2K knew... was just like the computer couldn't figure out the two in front of as the first number. And Is it that wasn't really what it was? I thought that's what it was. I, I, I remember being at a party the night it happened and all the adults were scared. Were and I was just so pissed off that they wouldn't let me play pool. All the big kids kept hitting me with the sticks. And that's when, your life now. Yeah. <laughs> all the big kids <laughs> hit me with changed. sticks at bars and they like, can't play pool. Nugget. They keep calling me Chub Nugget. It's funnier because um, you're bigger than them now, but you still call them the big kids. <laughs> That'd be also birthday to Dunkirk. Chub Nugget? It's <laughs> not back. good. I don't want to be able to think about my child out. Ozark? Uh, Dunkirk is six years old? 2017. Okay. Came out today. Good. Ozark, I'm going to say, was five years old? 2017 as well. Ah, six years old. Yeah. Okay. And then Disappointing something- ending. Yeah, is it really? Yeah. Okay. Lackluster. Yeah, I mean, I really wanted to finish it, but most of the time I just listen to you. Right. And You don't uh, finish anything. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't close. Fleabag! You don't even finish most sentences. <laughs> no, I really don't, man. I really... Happy birthday. Fleabag. Happy birthday to Fleabag. Happy... Happy? Happy? Happy birthday, Fleabag? Wonderful show. Seven years old. Seven years old? 2016. Okay. Yeah. And something called Turner and Hooch premiered in 2021 this day. Tom Hanks. No. 2021 with guess who? Colin Hanks. No. <laughs> guess fucking who? Um, Josh. Brolin. Peck. Josh Peck? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember that now. Did they make that? Yeah, I do remember that now. Holy smokes. Yeah, he I played no Hooch. Idea. That's crazy. Crazy stuff. Well, thanks everybody for coming. And, Thank you for being uh, born. And that's the end of the show, guys. Thank you for um, coming into the world. Check us out on <laughs> Move Closer to the World. <laughs> um, good stuff, man. Do you have yeah. anything in the bag? What bag? Mailbag. A metaphorical bag? Did anyone fact No in? one wrote in. No one emailed in this no. week? No one emailed. Are they done? There's no more emails? I didn't check our telegram service, but okay. no one. Yeah. Uh, Call Colin down at the station and see if a bag came in. Colin Farrell? It. Yeah. <laughs> An old-timey train conductor carries all mail. Oh, is that how he sounds? <laughs> yeah. Well, boys, looks like he would. That would be, dude, if we ever do this show live, we need a window on the stage that opens up, and it's Mailman Colin, and he comes in. <laughs> Guys, we're going to be talking about Mission Impossible. Dead Who's or- in the room? <laughs> Are we paying people to show up? <laughs> There's one person's in the room, and they're like, oh, yeah. they're so it's, happy. Colin. Honestly, it's Colin's just you. It's You're just- the only person in the room. I didn't even show up. <laughs> guys we got four uh, movies tonight that we want to talk about you know what um, we, we don't have any game. mailbag questions <laughs> but uh i think sometimes we do play a game. we do we do sometimes um I it's am, been a pretty light week yeah so obviously the, the biggest of news the of the week is the actor's strike oh yeah man so, well yeah 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 so what is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I was so gonna, what? No, 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 that is nuts, man. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really looked too much into it. Like, I had seen some AI being thrown around as like studios are genuinely considering just replacing actors. Like, we don't need you. I know that the big thing about the writer strike was they're using AI to just like we're gonna write, and you guys don't get any royalties for right. these things, and that's a big part of it. But the acting, I don't know. I've seen a lot of actors in solidarity. The guy would play butcher, but. Uh, was like oh, yeah. fucking going home. I'm not. I'm, Carl Urban. Yeah. Hopefully, everyone's families are going to be okay during this thing because it's like 
I was making money. You know? Right. <laughs> That's, uh, the AI cool. thing was crazy because Netflix pretty much proposed. Not Netflix, maybe it was just a studio. I don't want to blame Netflix, but they just proposed like having an extra show up one day, and then they just kind of take their likeness and they can just use it in perpetuity. They just use it forever. Like they have it on file. So they only get the extra only gets paid for one day of work, but they can use their image for the rest of time. Why would they think no they could get cost. away with that? That's I don't know. insane. That's right? crazy. Yeah. So obviously that's not news to you. So that will not be part of our game. So unless game you, over, I guess. I you, win. <laughs> you have never won. No, I you never, never will. will win. Thank you. You will and win once when God. you actually say a number to each of the tidbits. Okay, tonight's That's when tonight. You will win. You never know. Tonight's tonight. Tonight's tonight. I have been all day. Been saying numbers out loud in preparation for this. You said no words today, just numbers. <laughs> been sitting at work. It's all ten, five, <laughs> ten, one. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna put one minute on the clock. All right, here we as go. always, I will read news over the last uh, three weeks because we did take an extra week off. We sure did. Um, to Dave that hopefully he does, has not heard, but even if he has, he has to react in real time. So, are you ready for this? Yeah. Alright. 60 seconds on the clock, okay. and we're off. Greta Gerwig to officially direct two Chronicle of Narnia films for oh, Netflix. Jesus Christ! One! Uh, Superman, for fuck's sake. Superman Legacy. Expanding the DC universe, uh, casting Nathan Fillion as guard Guy Gardner. Zero. Angry. Saw, heard the news. Hate it. Barney film <laughs> with Daniel Kaluuya what? will reportedly be an A24 type movie for adult audiences. Adult? A24? 10. What the <laughs> fuck is going to happen? <laughs> He finds uh, a bloody dinosaur. What is happening? I'm not sure. Jennifer Garner will reprise her role as Electra in Deadpool 3. Um, that's silly. Five. Dune Messiah film adaptation will conclude the Dune trilogy. Really? Ten. Sorry. <laughs> Ari Aster's next film will be a Western noir set during the COVID-19 pandemic. That's cool. I heard your alarm. Ten. That's fun. That's uh, cool. And the last one. Mattel is currently developing 45 films based off their toys. <laughs> Dude, I will say this. If we get a Crossfire film. <laughs> you remember Crossfire? No. Crossfire! You remember that? Kind of, like ten percent more now. If I if I say it again, will you remember? Yeah. Remember two kids in the middle of of the apocalypse, and they're fighting with fucking basically tops that are metal and sharp, and there's like a you remember this? It was like a little uh, zone where you would like they were kind of like those rip it Johns, but it was like cross fire. You can fight your best friends. Fuck fuck fire and all this shit and like you remember this. Well, I hope they once make a again, movie. <laughs> once again, Dave has lost, lost news to, to Dave. Guys, welcome back. <laughs> the correct answer to the last bit of trivia, obviously, was 45. Was 45. Yeah. <laughs> My number is 45. But you failed. Fuck, dude. You failed, you failed. 45 movies 45 based films. off of toys. I didn't even know Mattel made. I didn't either. What else? I guess the it fuck could is be. There? They could. That could. Dragonflies. Like, that could include like <laughs> five Barbie films. I guess. I guess. One thing I did find funny was J.J. Abrams' Hot Wheels movie will be emotional, grounded, and gritty. <laughs> 
Dude, it's over. This it's is over. the world we're living yes, in. Yes, movies are over. Guys, we're going to change this the podcast to remember when. And we're just going to be talking about remember, remember when, when movies, you know? One positive thing. Fucking hell, man. I found was uh, James Gunn I called that. has confirmed that uh, Superman Legacy will not have an origin story for Superman in it. Re- intru- really? So that's fun. That, you know, We've seen never it. mind. That does change my feelings about Guy Gardner. Then never mind. Okay. Okay. Because I was pissed, and I'll only take one minute to talk about this. What did you give that Guy Gardner? As, as a, he's a Green Lantern, right? Yeah, he's like an older. Green I'd rather Lantern. Kyle. Kyle was like a like. So the, I think Hal was is the one that we all know the Green Lantern, and then. Kyle is a Green Lantern that he gets the ring, but he's an artist. Okay, he's like a painter, and he just uses the will for entirely different. It's really cool. I don't know what Guy's thing is. Does he only use green? I mean, yeah. Okay, but I think Guy's whole thing is, and I haven't really read a lot of his, but he just seems like an angry lantern. Yeah. So, but there is like red and yellow and blue lanterns. There's a lot of other lanterns. Okay. Stuff. Yeah. There's like a whole. That's kind of there's like a white lantern, which is like life, and then a whole other comic series called the blackest night which is like the black lanterns and it's fucked up and it's really good but anyway okay um really good stuff green how Lantern. many numbers do you think you gave to those nine tidbits of news i genuinely say, forgot five. some of the news i'm gonna say five so. <laughs> <laughs> nice man good job bro thank you hey yeah. thanks man that was nice yeah a little compliment every once in a while goes a long way but you respond to negative reinforcement so i don't know when to give them that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. You want to get uh, into our first movie? I sure do. What is the first movie of the night? So the first had a button. movie we're going to talk about is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Dead and Reckoning. I want you to elucidate Dead. the viewers into the last week of your life in regards to Tom Cruise uh, content. Yeah, guys, I, uh, I've been hitting the cruise control real hard. <laughs> I've, been, <laughs> I've been cruising. <laughs> Funny because Tom, Tom Cruise is never on cruise control. No, so. no, he certainly is in yeah. the gas. Uh, I've watched every Mission Impossible film in over the past seven days. Like I miss, I watch all six. Some um, would say it was an imp- impossible mission for Dave, right? To actually come through on a promise. Yes. Look at you. I did it, man. Look at you it's coming good stuff. through. I fucking did next it. week. What's next week? What are you doing for? Are you doing the fast? Taking a break. You should do all. The, you should do all the fast movies For backwards. What? That shit's over. <laughs> backwards though. A backwards. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm done with that nonsense. No more fast for me. Uh, um, I'm fasting. Um, screams. I don't want to. Uh, it's over. That shit's Watch over. them backwards. Yeah. No, I think what I'll probably do is like watch like all the Dune stuff. <laughs> Would be crazy to no, watch. No, the all. Expendables. I'm gonna watch all the Expendables. Oh, that's true. Yeah. In, in anticipation of expend exportables, exportables, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> expendless. Yeah, they're trying to afford things. Yeah, the, the affordables. They just can't. The affordables. <laughs> yeah, the only actors we could hire. I watched all of them, um, and I'm glad I did because, like, it was genuinely something I wanted to do. And I, as I was watching them, I knew this was going to happen. I was, I'm like, in the middle of the movie. I'm like, nah, man, I already saw this. <laughs> Damn it! I seen what this a movie? movie. Each one You've of them. Probably seen them all. I've seen them all, yeah. and I forgot. Of course, but you that's have. okay. They're they're some of the most you know seminal and, and groundbreaking movies we have. They get better as they go on, which is so cool. It's very Maybe. rare for an action movie franchise to be yeah. able to claim that. So we decided to rank them. You ranked them on our Instagram page. I did. Um, so I'm going to throw my ranking out there. Thank you for everyone for submitting their own rankings in the comments. It's always great yes. to have a little discourse uh, yeah. on the page. And you can do that. It's free. You can just comment, and we do read them, and we ha- we do know how to read. Um, so I read them. Uh, we, we sure do. <laughs> Dave, I'm not sure. Dave yeah. limits his Instagram screen time to 15 I minutes have been, a day. Guys, I've been trying. 
I have it up just constantly. I bought an alarm cock. Uh, nope. I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> nope. What, dude, tell me you don't have an alarm cock in your room. Nope. You didn't buy a full-size chicken? Yo, I was going to say, let an alarm loose? cock is just a rooster in your room? Yeah, and I, I, I'm like, dude, go to sleep too. And he's like, it's an alarm cock, you know? And I try to get him to go to bed. I think your, your rooster might be broken if he's making noises that way. He says cock. Cock! <laughs> We've lost Dave. That's because you gave me fucking three martinis. Um... <laughs> um I ranked, and I'm very specific about this rank. Ready? So Ooh, there's, let me pull mine up. There's, and I actually need to put seven in here somewhere real dun, quick. Dun, dun, uh, dun, 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 dun. Don't put it in yet. Just give me the other ones. Okay, great. And then we'll we'll, right. we'll insert and we'll figure it out later. Seven in there later. So I literally have a dash, right? Okay. So he, honestly, genuine opinion. Okay. Three, one, six, and five are. I just can't. They're fucking. They're all so good. That Three, I can, one, six and, five. six, and five. That I think they're all like so good that I don't know if I can rank them above. Or I was like, dude, these are all just equally good. Right. I can try to do it if you want. I did do it. Those are my top four as well. I, th- I think it's pretty universal. Not universal. I shouldn't say that because there was a lot of love for Mission Impossible 2 on our page. But uh, yeah. that's the last one for me. That's the worst Same. one. It's the worst one. And it's by me. a wide margin. For, same. It's the only one that like I could never watch again and yeah. just be happy having never rewatched it. What I'm interested in hearing is what's the one after that for you? It's Ghost Protocol. Same. Yeah. Yeah. It's Why? which is which is sad because it, it probably sad. has the most impressive stunt yeah. where he's hanging in Dubai. Build it. But then the movie goes on for another hour. Yeah. And it's just, it it was kind of the same problem I had with Extraction 2. Whereas, like, you had the amazing set piece in the first half hour, yeah. and then we still have an hour and a half left. Yeah. The, Dubai, the Dubai set piece in Ghost Protocol is so amazing. And then you look at the, the runtime, and how's there 55 minutes left here? Yeah. And there's this whole, like, Indian subplot where it's just, like, none of it makes any sense, and it's all not as exciting as what came before it. And it's yeah. just, this should have been the conclusive one. It also was weird because they... The creators were trying to pass the torch from Cruise to Renner in four. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it just didn't work. Yeah. And then we had the Paula Patton thing wasn't great. And yeah. it was just a couple weird was stuff going on. supposed to be the new girl? Like it, it, they yeah. Get, they it just, it, it just, just didn't work. Yeah. And then and that was directed by Brad Bird. And then Christopher McQuarrie came on for five, six, and now seven. And then it kind of just took the franchise in the direction it's going. And yeah. it's just on a roll. Yeah. So. It did find it's like... I think they kind of understood one of those franchises that understood like not each movie is standalone beginning end, boom. Like, Oh, we can continue this plot. Yeah. It's this not James Bond. Yeah. It's not James Bond. Of old. Yeah. Cause Daniel Craig's movies did, did overlap. That. Yeah. They did. But that. Yeah. the other ones never did. So four as well for me, I also wasn't like, I was into it for a second, but then felt real gimmicky of like, Oh, they keep failing. Like, okay. They keep fucking up. Everything is luck yeah. and whatever. And I guess they kind of, it's part of every movie. Yeah, I, I would, they, I would uh, say. Yeah. So, Number three is my favorite Mission Impossible film. Really? Yeah. Okay. Philip Seymour Hoffman. That movie, third one. I had that fourth. It locked in for me of what the shit's supposed to be. And, yeah. And it was. It was a lot of fun. It didn't. It didn't miss a mark. Yeah. JJ did time. a great job. Yeah. He and really did. and Philip was incredible. So then one after that. Same number one is my my third. Oh yeah. no, but that's your second. That's my second. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we have a little bit of difference because I, I put Fallout and I put Rogue Nation as. Uh, my one two. Okay. 
Okay. And you have yeah. number one and Mission Impossible three is your your one two. It, you but s- they are very interchangeable. It's all like so interchangeable. Yeah. yeah, you like I like six over five. Agreed. Okay. I think six is the best one. Yeah, I like Fallout. Yeah. That's my number one. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's so Henry cool. Henry Cavill is just yeah. That's awesome. where you get this thing, this moment where he's cocking his arms as weapons. Yeah, you know, his <laughs> like reloading his they, are, arm. they should be registered as weapons. Yeah, it's just so good, man. And plus, you get that, the emotional. You get the emotional arc in that movie yes where they bring back michelle monahan yeah and it's just wow they're going there this is yeah. great and sean harris i just think is a great villain oh my god yeah the stranger from yeah, netflix last sure, year that's so what i was good. thinking about the whole time but as the bad guy in five and six just yeah so good we have yeah. the rebecca ferguson in both those movies mm-hmm. and as ilsa she's fantastic uh those movies just like it kind of elevated it like the entire franchise for me as much as i love one which is kind of like this paranoia spy intrigue film it's very different from all the rest. I love that one. And three is just popcorn flick, beautiful J.J. Abrams movie. Yeah. Um, inserting just a shot of energy in- into the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, right after two, which, you know, for all its flaws, um, it still gave us the Ethan Hunt character, not in a you know exciting way, but there were still some fun stunts no, in yeah. that John Woo film. Um, but... It's it's rolling, and to me, Dead Reckoning is just a continuation of this franchise rolling. So yeah. tell me what you think, man. Why don't you go first? Uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. What's your take? We were. T- I was thinking about I, was talking about. I saw my brother, and we were talking about it after the fact. And um, so I'm just making sure we're still recording. And um, do we even need a log line? Should we do a log line for yeah, it? Yeah, read it real quick. Okay. Great idea. Oh, and there's Letterbox going off. Ethan Hunt and his IMF team. This is the Letterbox. Uh, excuse me, IMDb. Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. That could have been just the logline of all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mission Impossible one through seven. So boring. Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, directed by 2023, starring directed by 2023, <laughs> <laughs> starring Christopher McQuire. Uh, we all share the same fate. Ethan Hunt and his IMF team embark. Not sure what that means, but continue. <laughs> on the on their most dangerous mission yet, to track down a terrifying key, a ter- terrifying new weapon that threatens all of humanity before it falls into the wrong hands. Oh my God! There's a more button I have to click. Where'd you get, get key rest. from? I just said I'm it. looking for at fun. this with control of. The, I just said for fun. That was fun for me. With the control of the future and the fate of the world at stake, and dark forces from Ethan's past closing in, a deadly race around the globe begins. Confronted by a mysterious, all-powerful enemy, Ethan is forced to consider that nothing can matter more than his mission, not even the lives of those he cares about most. That's also like a lot of words that also don't mean anything. Yeah, you're so, just kind of filling, man. We yeah. got to call them. They called us the other day, Letterbox. We got to get them back on the horn. Did they? Like, what are you guys doing? FaceTime audio? Yeah, it was weird. I was like, just call me. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think, man? Uh, was well, I, 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 um, Uh-oh. no, I, I liked it. Of course it was right up there with the echelon. I don't know. Uh, reckoning and, and rogue were better than this. I think Dreckoning? Dra- the Dreckoning And I think it was better. Than was it the, a reckoning or a Dreckoning? Oh, there you, that's good. I like that. <laughs> um, um, 
I don't know. This wasn't my favorites of the movies, but it also wasn't the worst. Again, it felt kind of like interchangeable. Like I really enjoyed it. Obviously, Tom is fucking insane doing his crazy shit. I just think this one, they dropped the ball on a lot of like plot shit. Whereas the other ones, I don't think I noticed as much. It was kind of okay. it was kind of st- stable the entire way through. But this one had some moments. Like they pulled a little fast X moment where like they were like, let's just write in this uh, history that we didn't need to do. And that's where we're going to go with this story. Isai Morales' character yeah, they just killing have... this unknown Maria character from Tom Cruise's past. And we're supposed to just accept it and, and go ahead. And that didn't give me any weight behind the villain at all for me. I didn't, no. wasn't just like, who is this? Why is he? What is his reasoning? And I just didn't really... It kind of felt like a nameless villain that didn't have any... I don't know. That took me out of it. Yeah, so I wasn't there for that. Um, I, I'm just bringing up this. Everyone, obviously, uh, and and they did all the way as well. And well, What's you, your rating? Well, we, need, once we need your rating you get first. them in there, they just can't stop, and they're good at it, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm looking for uh, the girl. that like, um, What's her name? Um, Clementif. Burnett. The Thief. Haley Atwell. Haley Atwell. Peggy Carter. Peggy Carter. So yeah. I think, oh, yeah. So um, <laughs> did you, you forget that, that? I forgot. Do you think they're grooming her to be like the takeover if if Tom gets too old, which will never happen? Do you think that was the idea? It was like they're going to, instead of going with Jeremy, they're going to go with her. Like they're going to have another six movies. Well, Renner's not in this movie. He isn't. Which is fine because he wasn't in the last one. Uh, he wasn't in six. He was in five. Yeah, he, he was, was in five. Six. He was in six. Um, Do you think that's could what be. they were going with? Could be. I wouldn't be mad about it. Neither would I. He Tom is just he is the franchise. So yeah. it's it would just be it would be hard to imagine the Mission Impossible world without him. Yeah. So I wouldn't want them to continue it. Yeah. It's almost like so continuing the James Bond franchise without James Bond. Well let's just start something different. The idea is that well what the James Bond thing is that James Bond is a rank. Where like yeah, 007 can, is yes. a is a rank. You become James yes. Bond and you have a backstory. They kind of like develop that, which we all love. That's cool. You can. That's why you can have different actors. Right. Ethan Hunt is just fucking Ethan Hunt. And so if they were to try to make Mission Impossible with different people, I feel it could be more do bring back the show, make a TV show. But the movies need to be epic with with Tom. Cruise. That'd be fun. You know, bring maybe back a Rebecca a, Ferguson TV show. Yeah, and it's Mission know? Impossible, and that's okay because it's still Mission Impossible. It's not right. called James fucking Bond. It so would, I would it be would, fine with that. It was to me. It would be. A, it would feel watered down just a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd rather them just end part two. If you're just going to end the franchise, just end it. Yeah. But, but financially and and yeah. what's up? I wouldn't kill Ethan Hunt. I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out. I guess we'll have to find yeah. out. He you might heard die, it here he might, first. He might die in part one. We're not going to ruin it for you. Yeah. So. Oh. No, but bro, we need a rating. Did. We always start with the ratings. Three, we do. Sorry, guys. I'm really getting into the thing of it. 3.5. So 3.5, that might put it like fifth for you out of seven? Of the films? Yeah. Um, I might. think so. Like yeah. I said... It just took a dive for me on a lot of the story shit. Yeah. It's just like really taking me out of it. I'm like, this seems lazy and forced. In Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Ethan Hunt is fighting and trying to stop an AI. That is the Called thing. the entity. The entity. That yes. is the thing. I don't have a problem with that. Right. I just kind of have more of a problem with like people's reasoning... The villain, we just don't know, and and there's, I don't want to get into too much because like it'll get. I want people to see it because again, I loved it. It's just I just uh, of the of the Mission Impossible films, it wasn't the best. Right? Do you think you had any sort of Mission Impossible hangover from like having watched six films leading Maybe. into it? 
Maybe I'll see because it again. Because Fallout in six months, was released like, five years ago. Yeah. So if you had hadn't seen any Mission Impossible film in the last five years, and then you had this one. That maybe like your that's a great point would be different. Uh, I think so. You never know. And maybe I'll check it out in six months and be like, damn, this is good. But that wouldn't change the fact that like some of the writing for me is like I completely flawed. agree. So I am for in one hundred percent agreement with you. My two biggest flaws with this movie are the retconning with Isai Morales' character killing someone important in Ethan Hunt's life, which drives him to join the IMF. Don't need it. And the writing. With with uh, with what exactly the entity is, and everyone's motivations, and all these governmental agencies fighting for it, and Carrie Elwes and Henry Chersney, I think I don't, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, um, the guy who plays Kittredge. Okay, but all of these guys fighting to get control of the AI, control of the entity, that was all very muddled and mm-hmm. just messy. Um, so I agree, I agree with you there. I just found everything else so good mm-hmm. that I can just overlook that. Okay. It's just, it's one of those movies for me. So I give it a 4.5. So I'm just, I loved it. Yeah. I just thought it was incredible. Like the stunt work is incredible. The acting is incredible. The performances are amazing. Um, a movie that knows what it is and loves to wink at the camera like throughout the entire time. Yeah. And I thought this one was like especially silly, which I appreciated. Car chase was great. Tom Cruise doing magic was insane. Yeah. yeah. Just, just, I guess what? He probably fucking did it. Of course he did. Yeah. I'm going to learn how to do this. He probably took a hundred hours in front of a mirror trying to do that trick. Yeah. For a two second scene that was so stupid and silly. Cause she probably did the same thing. She was like, let me do it too. We'll just do magic together. Matched it. Right. But she did do the magic that he does later. Does she? Like she does, uh, she does later. Yeah, she does okay. these passing hands thing. Okay, but His he was just so him. like in the front of camera that it was yeah. just it was it was just so funny and his face because you could well, just that's tell a callback, bro. you could just tell Tom Cruise is so serious that you know he tried to learn magic for so much. But that's a callback to the first movie. So he has the disc, and he's like, "Oh, did I have the disc, or is it over here?" Remember that scene? Uh, no, I don't remember that. Scene. So and then oh, nice. uh, like so he uh, like there's a moment where he. The classic dropping down thing. Of course, know? yeah. He has two discs, and when the, the French that, yeah. guy takes it, Gene and, Reno, and yeah. he's doing like this whole scene where he's like, "Oh, did I give it to you?" Or oh, now you're thinking in your head, blah, blah blah. And the guy leaves, and he's like, "Fuck you!" And he throws it in the trash, like you know, tell me where the real disc is. Oh yeah, leaves. and then it actually was, and the then disc. he had it the whole time, and yeah. he gives it to Ving Rhames. So right. like, he's doing the magic. It's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize that until right now. Right, work. Um, I love this movie. Yeah, man. The performances were great. You did love it. It was, what, two hours and got 43 minutes, I think. This flew by. 44 minutes. It just flew by. Um, Tom still has it. He's never lost it. He wasn't shirtless in this, guys. Sorry. Shaman Twist. He wasn't shirtless? No. You sure? Pretty sure. Okay. 99% sure. Yeah. I still have Ryan Gosling's shirtless image (laughs) in my head from Barbie from yesterday. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't not. shirtless because he's in every. He's like because it. So that to me felt a little. I don't know. But you know what? Is he getting old? They, no, they he jumped him. off a fucking mountain with he a did. bike, so he's fine. He did. <laughs> he he's, looks great. Well, he might not be fine uh, yeah. in in the head, no, because no, he's no. a madman for doing that. Um, I, I love I love all of the like the little. Top Gun Maverick did this too, but I love all the little like the subtleties that they're trying to like put into the script and into the movie. Where it was, in this movie especially, it's like Tom Cruise is kind of 
fighting AI in like AI's introduction into movies, essentially. Uh-huh. And it's AI's trying to take over the world and like Tom Cruise is the last movie star. Yeah. It's like, no, we're doing practical effects. We're not doing CGI. Like he's fighting against that. And it's in order to take down AI, you need to insert two keys into a source code. And it's just like in order for movies to still be good, you still need to insert like the practical effects into the, and it's like the CGI is just poisoning all of our movies. Yeah. So there's so much like subtle things going on that like Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise, I feel like are just like having a good time, like putting them into the movie as a kind of like sub tweeting Hollywood at the same time where it's just, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Same thing with Top Gun Maverick. It's like, I could have released this on the streamers, but like I'm making one last great blockbuster and I'm not mm. giving the belt to all of these young stars. I'm not dying at the end of Top Gun Maverick. Like I'm keeping the belt. I'm still the last movie star. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm going out on top and I'm waiting to show this in theater. So like, I feel like he's, he's doing something with all of his releases and like with his career that, that I appreciate. Cause yeah. he is, he's bringing it. I mean, Top Gun Maverick was, one of our favorite movies of last year. I think it was my number two. I forget where it was on your list. Because I know you had Bones yeah, and All at one. Yeah. Um, but this movie is my number two movie of the year. Okay. Dead Reckoning. I loved it. The only thing I have higher than it is John Wick. John Wick 4. Yeah. So I'm just, uh, I'm amazed that they're still able to pull this off. And they're still able to bring a lot of fresh air and just impressive stunt work and impressive performances into a franchise that's seven films and running. Yeah. The airport scene in Dubai was great. Just classic, just suspense chase scene, a lot of moving parts. The camera work is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The scene on the train at the end. Oh my God. With the falling cars and how like every, long. how every train car brings about like a new challenge. Like they're in the kitchen and they're slipping yeah. on grease and there's fire starting. And now they're in a dining car and there's a piano about to fall on them. Like each, it felt like very snow, snow piercer. Yeah. To me, where You're it's hyping like me up right now, man, <laughs> you know, it was good. like as Chris Pines going through the cars, he's encountering new yeah. challenges. It's like a video game where yeah. it's just like, and, and our friend Dexter pointed out last night that, Christopher McQuarrie took a lot of inspiration from Uncharted 2 with this train car sequence where it was okay. just – they had that falling train car scene where it was just like there was different things going on in each car. The stunts are incredible. I mean, him just, you know, riding the bike off the mountain is still great. Doing the speed wing. Like, that's like – he trained like four years to do that. Which that's is, also another thing is that Tom puts in – years of thought before it happens like yo and, and guess what we're gonna do in number eight like and i'm training for it tomorrow like that's nuts that's a dedication that just is it's not that's why it's the last one you know you know what's funny because I, I i didn't think of this i heard someone else say it but like you know how kate winslet broke tom cruise's underwater breathing record for yeah. avatar 2 uh-huh. this movie sets up a submarine scene yeah. So He's you like, know Tom Cruise is okay. breaking that underwater breath holding yeah. record for part Tom, two. Yeah, guys. You get know ready. he's going under there. Mission He's gonna be there for like three years. Part two. Yeah. Three hour hold breath Three hour hold. breath hold. <laughs> like he's he's under, going and he plays chess underwater. Right. <laughs> we he, see the He's whole playing game. chess with a su- submarine. <laughs> the Sevastopol. He plays underwater chess with AI for three hours with a gun to his head. <laughs> <laughs> 
you I know what's say, go like a, no, 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 well you were, I was thinking about it the other day it's just a real quick thought on the this movie does do a lot of practical effects it's a chase scene in cars and they're break, exploding cars again it's like oh it's that's the so one noticeable. that's the one set piece I wanted to bring up the Rome chase scene was amazing my god right and you know what and why are you so excited about it Evan what's so great about it what's cool huh it's funny because in a year where Fast X gave us one of the worst Rome car chase yeah. scenes same we have this yeah and it's just wow okay same with indiana jones it's yeah, just the we chase all, scenes. it was that one was a little better than the fast x one but it mm-hmm. still felt a little contrived and derivative yeah this one's so fun and it's silly like they get into the yeah. yellow car and they're handcuffed together and they're switching spots and they're there's it was know, very they're switching seats it was very like Jackie Chan in the sense that like Jackie Chan has said that Jackie's hero character in a lot of his movies, a rule is that like Jackie is um, inhibited in some way. He doesn't have shoes on. He has to fight all these guys and on glass with no shoes. Right. Like that's like a part of it. It's like a hidden thing that he writes in there and like that's the thing. So like let's just make Tom the best guy in the world and he has to do it left handed. Like that's so cool. Right. But I, so I had this thought, minor tangent, is that like Special effects, VFX, computer, not special effects, but computer graphics. I think there was a point where in the 90s it was like, this looks awful. Like, don't do this. Like, right. movies were great in the 80s. It was tactical. And there was a trance, a period of just like, we could see them trying to do it and it looks awful. And then there was probably like a nugget in the, in the like the aughts. The early aughts. Where it was like, computer graphics got good. And it was enough that wasn't noticeable. You're like, oh, that was computer graphics? In Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like that. Oh, that was computer? Oh, I didn't know because it wasn't, bam, we're on a blue screen. And then suddenly it was like we can save money and do everything and the audience will just accept. Be lazy. Yes. That like now there's a giant fucking spaceship crap and it's like now we hate it because we can tell. And it was never should be that. It should be seasoning. It should be use it to make it look. It should be better and to bring us to mars we know we can't go to mars but like it shouldn't like shoot it in the desert and like you know I what agree. I mean? not just put them on a fucking green screen in mars so side tangent this movie does it a crazy job as using computer graphics to just like you know what little and bit, a little tickle the balls with it you know yeah what they would say tickle the balls is a, is a business Who's saying that that's a hollywood term tickle the balls with it yeah it's in harvey weinstein's world <laughs> you know it's the one cgi part of this movie i'd didn't like was the train car sequence where you could tell at the end that it was a little bit CGI fighting on top of it. No, not even that. Just when the, their Tom and Haley are suspended and trying to get from car to car. Yeah. Like it looked a little fake, but it's, it's forgivable because how are you going to do that? Actually, I'm able to forgive it just because of how great overall the movie was. Yeah. Um, shout out to Palm Clementief who played Paris, who was oh, the yeah. entity's like right hand man? She was probably my favorite part of the movie. Her she, character yeah, is so her. great. Wow! And you know what? Like Such the last episode, the last big episode we had was with Indy, and we had Boyd Holbrook as Mads Mikkelsen's right hand man. Yeah. This is how you do a right hand man. Yeah. And Palm Clementif just added so much to this movie as a very similar role. Agree. I agree. She's incredible. Yeah. She really is the chase scene where Tom is running through the streets of Venice trying to save either Haley Atwell or Rebecca Ferguson. Mm-hmm. The score booming, him running through the streets knowing that someone is going to die and not knowing which of the two it's going to be was just, just exceptional filmmaking. It felt very Mission the, Impossible 1 to me. 
So good. Brought it back. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's just, I like a movie that has the stakes are there where I didn't know who was going to die in this movie. Yeah. I didn't know yeah, what yeah. direction they were going to go. It's just, they balance everything so well. Yeah. I mean, Ving Rhames and Simon Pegg, I know you express some. I don't think they were underutilized. And I thought, yeah, they were like, why do we have two men in the chair and, and there are two men in the room on the mic telling right. Ethan, run left. And he's like, no, run right, Ethan. And yeah. it's like, okay, guys. Like, we I enjoy them. You know, I know, right. were, I love them. Right. I just they were like, definitely underutilized. These guys are, are powerful characters that have done cool shit before. Now what are they doing? Chasing luggage? Come on. But you know what? They, they paved the way for more scenes with Rebecca Ferguson, with Haley Atwell, True. with Vanessa Kirby, who is also fantastic. Yeah. For all of these other actors who absolutely crushed this. Yeah. So I'm okay with them taking a little bit more of a backseat. Maybe they'll okay. have a bigger part in part two. Um, and you know what? As m- Same with Spider-Verse that came out this year. This is a great part one because this was a complete movie. Yeah. And I don't care that it left on a cliffhanger, like a literal cliffhanger at the end. I don't care that it ended that way because I felt satisfied by the end product that we can cut this movie here and I'm happy. Yeah. I don't, we'll get part two next year. Maybe the year after with the writer's strike, but I'm happy with what we got. Um, Tom's I just overcome thought, shit before. He's overcome COVID, so he'll be all right. He he you know? could probably end the writer's strike. I know he yeah. lobbied the studios to to make a lot of demands on behalf yeah. of the actors. So Well, guys, you heard it here, man. 4.5 me rating. Second favorite movie of the year so far. <laughs> I'm ready. Dave's going up. Guys. Dave's going up. Best movie I've seen uh, yesterday. Uh, <laughs> so it? that's it, you know? That's is it, it though? No, I don't know. Um, so there it is. Uh, there it is. Great work, man. Nice. Yeah. Um, um, you want to switch gears? I sure fucking do. So before we get into the Barbenheimer of it all, uh, let's talk about a little independent movie called The Last Deal. Okay. Did you check this out? I sure did. So when we talk independent, I don't think we can talk more independent film than this one yeah just shoestring budget skeleton crew give us a little log line for okay. the last deal it's exciting and then i'll put a little context behind it i'm gonna check so we obviously we do we have the indb and the letterboxd so this one is uh, suddenly everything went blurry my vision did um the last deal <laughs> this movie came out in 2023 it's rated r no pirates in it though it's an hour and 31 minutes the Last Deal, a bl- I, the, by IMDb. A black market marijuana dealer tries to make one final score before being squeeze, squeezed out of the business when cannabis becomes legal. That's what we got? That's that one. Okay. All right, IMDb. And then like Letterboxd. Here we go. Wait, is this the same one? Hold on. Here we be. go. Letterboxd. No, no, no. They have their thing. They love doing their thing. Extra box. Oh, this actually is good. Extra box. <laughs> this is actually good. The Last Deal. Fortune favors the bold, which is something they say in the movie. Um, yep. A black market cannabis dealer gets squeezed out of the business with, when marijuana becomes legal and is forced to make one last deal with the people he, he should trust the least. That's pretty good. Okay. I like that's, it. That's pretty good. Um, that's not bad. I had a lot of fun with this movie. So did I. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was really good. Good. It's, um, it's a good time. It's totally indie. It's very ambitious in how indie it is. Uh, I believe it was shot over a 27-day production schedule. They didn't have permits for certain scenes, and you can kind of tell. You can. I like movies that you can kind of feel that like they're putting their all into this, and you can tell how hard they worked on this. Like yeah. they 
they have a couple shots at this and they're and they're going after it. We gotta and, get it. Yeah, and they we gotta do. get it. And they it's do. very guerrilla filmmaking. So know. the main star of the movie is Anthony Molinari, and he's a stunt performer. Is he really? He's also an actor, but he's principally known as a stunt performer, and he suggested that the the villain in this movie, uh, played by or his name is Sala Baker, he's also a stunt performer. Okay. So we have like a lot of interesting characters and interesting actors in this film. Yeah. And I think they shine. Like I was totally invested in Anthony Molinari's story. What was his name again? Was it Vincent? It is Vincent. Yeah. yeah. No, I was looking at the cast right here on IMDb. I was gonna say that Mr. Fitzgerald, which is plays Bobby. I really liked him a lot. I was gonna say like we can go into spoiler territory right away. Yeah. Fuck it. So hit the buzzer. All right. This is a big time spoiler alert. When they kill Bobby, I was like, we took a turn here. Yeah, they're killing characters. All right, we're going to start popping people off. That's nuts. But even the way they did it, like, I was, honestly, I was not expecting that. Yeah, no, no, no. And the middle hour of this movie just completely hums for me. Like, it just gets into it. Like, I wasn't completely sold on the voiceover in the beginning and the voiceover at the end. And, but once I got sucked into the story... And when, you know, everything hits the fan and just Vincent is kind of just scrambling mm-hmm. and his girlfriend gives him the pregnancy tests and it just like shoots to him just cursing at a steering wheel. Yeah, 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 and it's yeah. just like, all right, this is fun. We're having a little fun yeah. with this. And it's just his world just keeps spiraling out of control and all of his decisions are keep backfiring him. And he's a protagonist that I could I wanted to root for. Yeah. You know, because he's not a bad guy at his core and the pacing was good it was the pacing of the plot was right it it kept it it kept me involved and that's like sometimes you're watching a new film be like what is this scene here but i don't know each scene had its purpose like this is really propelling the story like this is all good stuff you know it's it, it was very impressive that on the budget they had and the time constraints and shooting during the lockdown yeah all of the obstacles in its way this movie looked Really good. It did look good. It did yeah, look which good. I was surprised yeah. by. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate it. Like they, they really. There's a lot of care put into this, which I appreciated. Couple things I want to say. Um, I'm never gonna take. I know my, you're my boy. I love you, but if you right. if we're outside of a club and you hand me a bloody screwdriver, <laughs> there's a man who you. I mean, I can't confirm or deny that you just stabbed, but definitely was just stabbed. <laughs> you better, take, you better take that screwdriver. I'm not and, taking your fucking screwdriver, what? dog. We're st- my girl, we're in front of the club. Why'd you do it right here? <laughs> Why would you do that to me? Man, I feel betrayed. I feel betrayed right now. But if I hand you a bloody screw, you're gonna take it. Of course, I will. I wouldn't have thrown in a park trash can no. though. <laughs> and then Bobby was like, "Nice, that was a good." Yeah, move. was it? It's like, no. <laughs> it's like both of our prints are on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that is being buried in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Good stuff. Um, I love synth music, dude. I love synth music, and it wasn't making. I get hype on synth, so it wasn't making me feel like, oh shit, something bad's about to happen. I was like, this is a hero story. He's about right. to fuck some people up. This is good. That was my. That actually <laughs> yeah. is my first note here. I really like the score. Yeah. Like it is good. It it gave bow, the movie bow, bow, bow. this this uh, this Michael Mann thief with James Caan energy to it, where it's just like the oh, synth is kind one. of yeah, like yeah. propulsing the action as we're like traversing California. It's just. 
yeah, I was I was super into it. I, I was surprised how much I like this, and I ultimately recommend it. Mm-hmm. It's playing on Stars, streaming on Stars right now. It was released into theaters, I believe, back in February. Uh, it premiered at a couple festivals. It had a good run there. Rotten Tomato score is 100% at the moment, yeah, right. which is just awesome. But I think it it needs to be seen by more people as well. Yeah. So I think that's one reason why we wanted to highlight it here because we lot we watch a lot of films and we watch a lot of films that aren't honestly worth worth the time. And this is definitely one that like if you turned it on, you fired up. Like I kept like repeating to myself like this is really good. Like I'm into this. Like let's let's keep going. So good work. Shout out to um, the writer Jonathan Salemi. He did a great job with this. Um, directed, as and well. directed as well. Yeah, this yeah. is his first feature. Okay. So before this, only he only had a short. It's um, tough, man. It's tough, dude. Jonathan, it takes a village, and it takes a village of people making love to create a movie. <laughs> and as because that's and then good, you guys seemed you did it. You made love, and here comes this baby movie. Right. Nice work, everybody. <laughs> I love it. The last deal. <laughs> the last deal. Hell yeah. Definitely recommend it. So good stuff. So what is next? Um, oh, God. Are we ready? I thought, oh, no, guys. <laughs> I think we're ready. Oh, baby. We gonna get into that Barbie land. Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. It's Barbenheimer. My mom was like, people are loving this Barbenheimer, huh? And I was like, mom, you are, you're, you know what's going on. You're very, Mom's she's in the well know. aware. We gotta yeah. get Sarah on the pod. We should get Sarah Bear on the, on the pod for yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> so, Dave and I saw Barbie and Oppenheimer yesterday, as hey all good moviegoers should do. Opening night, Thursday night, mm-hmm. AMC Nishamani. Thanks for having out. us. It was a good turnout. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people dressed up for Barbie. Yeah. We saw a couple fedoras for Oppie. Okay. You know? Yeah. Wow. Why did I think they were dressed like Ken? Not a fedora. <laughs> no, they were fedoras. Is it a fedora? Cool okay. hats. Cool hats. <laughs> yeah. A lot of adjustment bureau fans. Yeah. At AMC Nishamani last night. <laughs> Um, Damn. I think we should talk about Barbie first. I agree. But before we do, cheers. For this episode tonight, <laughs> I thought it best that we'd have some movie themed cocktails. It was a wonderful idea. So for Mission Impossible, we had some vodka martinis. Mm-hmm. Stay classy. Mm-hmm. For Barbie, uh, I just made us a couple cosmopolitans. Why? Because pink. Day pink. Yeah. Day pink, baby. Pink. Cheers to Barbie. Cheers, listeners. Cheers to uh, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling for being in the movie. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) And for Oppenheimer, uh, I think a couple black Russians will be on the table. Yes, obviously. Which is a white Russian without the cream. So it's just vodka and Kahlua. Which is kind of like a good drink. Very dark. Um, coffee based, so almost like a digestif to kind of finish the night. Ooh, a digestif. Um, so we're gonna talk about Barbie first. Give us that log line, baby. All right, here we go. Wow, two wins and one nomination already. Um, what? That's what it says. <laughs> Awards. What Barbie doing? suffers a crisis that leads her to question her world and her existence. It's cool. DB. Crisis. Letterbox. What's the crisis? Longer. <laughs> Already, Barbie twenty twenty three, dude. The the picture for Letterbox is like definitely a shot from Babylon. It's like the same shot with her in the middle, but Hell like yeah. everyone's in Barbie. Hell yeah! <laughs> All right, Barbie, she's everything. He's just Ken. 
Barbie and Ken are having the time of their lives in the colorful and seemingly perfect world of Barbie land. However, when they get a chance to go to the real world, they soon discover the joys and perils of living among humans. Barbie. I want you to start with this one. I, I want. I guess I want me to start with it too. Yeah. Um, I want you to start with this one. What did you see. think Let me, of? Let's, uh, Paint the picture. Let's Where get were in we? This little gingerly, huh? As as we said, we were at AMC in the Chamonix. It was it was not a sold out screening, but Good amount of there people was there. like I think there was tw- like upwards of fifteen to twenty screenings of Barbie yesterday, which okay. is crazy. That's nuts. So we had the road to ourselves, but the theater was definitely full. There was a lot yeah. of clapping going on, sure especially at the credits. Yeah. There was. So was I. I was clapping. Margot came on. Woo! Perfect casting. Right. Margot's great. Yeah. Perfect casting for Barbie. Margot Robbie, right? Her mind. And I. Uh, so, like, she was incredible. And also, Ryan Gosling. Perfect casting to play Ken. Come on. He was. Smart. Right when it went, went dropped, everyone was like, absolutely. Is there someone else? Excuse me. Like, great stuff, man. Um, I had no idea what this movie was going to be about. I don't think anyone did. Like, what the fuck are they going to make a movie about? And this is like, is, right. you know, how that. What, what is the greater good here that we're trying to reach with this film <laughs> what the hell is this movie going to be about yeah and you have your speculations and you go in and you watch it and when it's over you you done did go and saw a movie and <laughs> i love that so, you're, you're beating around a bush here. i'm not it's great so i think this movie was silly bud okay. i think it was fucking silly yeah and sometimes it was funny but for the most part it was silly and I think it didn't fucking need to be silly. I think that most of the time when they were trying to be funny, they were just hamming it up. And I'm like, you got Ryan Gosling and you've got Margot Robbie and you guys are hamming it up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, there's a, a, a musical, not really a spoiler, but there's music, it's fucking music. It's Barbie. There's a musical scene. Barbie? Wait, number. does Barbie do music? Oh, she does now. There's a whole dance <laughs> I didn't know. The old dance number scene where I'm like with the Kens, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, this is like, um, this isn't funny. It's just a dance number, yeah. And I'm like, what are we watching here? What's happening? <laughs> I I turned to you during that moment what's and happening? asked you, like, what's happening? Why is this going on for 12 minutes? And it felt like a lot of the movie for me was right. that was like, what's happening? Why am I? What are we watching now? What are we? What are we, What are we trying to get across? Right. And ultimately. Any message that they were trying to get across for me felt flat and didn't. Wait, what, I'm sorry. What do you mean, any message? <laughs> the message. That the they were one message that they tried to get across every single second of this film. Yeah. Is that the any message? I was surprised that they were handing out spoons when we were coming in to feed <laughs> us directly into our mouths this fucking movie. Right? I don't know if this movie was good, bud. I think it was silly. And I don't know if I liked it. So, you what know I, what? But I want to say what I did like first. Okay. I'm so sorry. You're fine. Can I rate it? Yeah, you're supposed to do that minutes ago. Sorry, man. I keep forgetting <laughs> we do that first. I'll have to fix myself. Um, two. Okay. Maybe 1.5. Uh, okay. It's low. Yeah. That is very low. That movie looked great. The set design was impeccable. Sensational. Yeah. The best. Cool. So cool. Like the whole background was like fake cardboard. Yeah. In real life, which is awesome. Yeah. Like they made a, a cardboard backdrop to somehow they blew up backdrop. these tiny yeah. miniatures. It was sick. They made a they whole put, they made a whole set of Barbie Land. They put which him is on amazing. a gurney and the gurney is like a it's like a toy. I'm like, this is sick. I know. 
It looks There's so good. There's so much thought and care put into the production, costume, and set design of this Beautiful. film. And if me and you played with Barbies as little girls, we probably would have noticed, oh, that Barbie, I remember that one. And we probably would have been locked in on it. Right. And uh, we are males, and we did watch this as males. And uh, that went right over my head. Anytime they were like, that Barbie? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that was that a big deal. Like you the know? discontinued one. Yeah. And yeah, I got you. But that probably felt, also wasn't for us, man. That wasn't for us. Right. We weren't supposed to know. So yeah. like that shouldn't affect me at all. Um, what else do I love about it? So uh, Sarah Greenwood was the production designer behind this. Okay. So shout out to her. Yeah. She apparently has a great career. Pride and Prejudice, Atonement. I was going to ask what else she did. Sherlock Holmes. Wow. Darkest Hour, Anna wow. Karenina. Great career. Nice. So she she did impeccable work. Nice. And I also want to point out real quick, just talking about like the crew behind it. Let's talk about Greta real quick. Greta, I love her. I like we were talking about like her films are like 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 her three films that she's made are This like is number three. So films. Lady Berg right? La- Lady Berg. Lady Bird <laughs> I loved. Yeah. Little Women I loved. I think huge, I think huge cinema. Like those movies are incredible and they're, they're the really best good. of the year. So like what what's going on? To me to me this It's good. <laughs> so I ultimately gave this a one point five. Okay. So I think I'm a little less than you. Yeah. You're in two two camp. Yeah. Because um, I was in there with Yeah. This movie is great when it's silly. Okay. And when it's fun. Yeah. And when it's trying to get its messaging across, I was taken out. And it's very hard when we're we're two males talking about a Barbie film. Yeah. Okay, so we're all we're obviously talking behind some sort of there's a roadblock here, right? A gaze, if you will, a yeah. male gaze. <laughs> there's we we do have a male gaze. We have a male gaze. Yeah. So and what do I think about? It? We went into this movie with with expectations, with hope, with optimism, with open mindedness, and. I was ultimately let down because the movie wasn't as smart as I wanted it to be. The messaging to me felt very, let's just shove it down your throat. It wasn't subtle. Let's just, this is what we're trying to say and we're going to say it every single second of this movie. Mm-hmm. And it felt a little out of touch with the times that we're in. And I told you this after we saw it, this movie would have been great 40 to 45 years ago when women's rights were on the rise when maybe even 60 years ago like in the 60s or the 70s what didn't help this movie was i watched a documentary called tiny shoulders which focused on the mattel executives and creative team trying to come up with dolls in the present day marketplace for mattel that are more inclusive with Barbies with no thigh gap, Barbies that are disabled, Barbies that are a different race and a different color. A lot of the creative team was female and, you know, people of color. This movie doesn't show that, which to me just felt out of touch and out of step with what reality is. Mm-hmm. So it just, and I'm, I'm trying to touch very delicately on all these matters just because yeah. well, it's a very delicate movie to talk about as two males but i'm also a critic so i want to give it my own opinion 
and my own viewing experience. When you're making a movie where you're just constantly putting your message forth, it's going to be nauseating and it's going to be exhausting. Yeah. And I unfortunately didn't like it for that fact because like you said the movie is is silly and when it is silly it's fun yeah. when the ocean is fake and yeah. they're surfing on it and yeah. Margot's drinking out of a cup and nothing comes out and all of these things it's just like this is great but when we go to the real world and the whole Mattel board of directors is male and she's trying to find someone in a position of power that's a woman to talk to and then some intern-esque male figure says i have no power in this company does that make me a woman yeah that just takes me out because we've come a long way in society and we might not be where we need to be in society in terms of gender equality but we've come a long way since that comment we have women world leaders we have women in positions of power and Greta's three films were all Greta owned is, by her and has, she ham- handled them. Right? And as we talked about earlier, yeah. she's just been given the reins to make two Chronicles of Narnia films with Netflix. She's yeah. going to be given the she's budget of studio film directors that Spielberg gets, that Zemeckis gets, that all of these powerful filmmakers Not get. Not that she didn't work hard to get that. No. She probably fucking fought for, like, hard through, a, through a, a th- like, 600 men to get there, through, like, you know, 300 Trojans to a get to that. thousand Absolutely. glass ceilings that but she probably what? broke through to get that, which should not be discredited. And, and they shouldn't even be there. But it's 2033, and the fact is... 33. Like, <laughs> 2033. Guys, welcome to the future. <laughs> and we're 30 Barbies in. <laughs> 33 Barbie movies, Bill's. No, I, what you, like, I understand. It's like right. this, in 2023, this movie's message is like met with a muted response of like, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, uh, maybe, maybe it's just like hitting me in a weird way, but it's like, I don't. It's such a tough, it's, it's such a tough, it's such a tough movie for us to talk about. Correct. So, yeah. Which we, which, well, that's me, our caveat here's, and here's our disclaimer. Here's one thing that I'm confident in saying. And yeah. I'm not going to speak for you, but yeah. it was a good point that you brought up was that like Barbie opens up with Barbie land is women owned. And then she leaves and comes back and Ken learns what it is to be a man. And he uh, brings the patriarchy yes. back to Barbie land. And now it's all owned. And in order to gain Barbie land back, they f- want to flip it and gain their control. And that's not equality, is it? Right? <laughs> like the, that's like that's just owning the thing. And I'm like, yeah. then what the hell are we? It's a, if it's the a, message is we want like if if the message is we want equality, then like that shouldn't have been should have been a middle ground here. But it's not. It's like we get the constitution back and all Kens go back to normal. And it's like then I'm really I'm just a little confused. I'm a little confused <laughs> about because what you want. <laughs> like you said, you know, when the movie up and opens up, Kens are also just kind of second class citizens and not taken seriously in Barbie Land to begin with. Which is yeah. supposed to parallel the real world with men are in total power and women are second class citizens. And the fact that there's that weird inequality in Barbie Land to begin with, it just it doesn't it doesn't talk with the messaging of the movie in the way I think that it should yeah. have intended to be. Here's one thing I want to say. I've never been a woman that walks past a construction site. You could have ended there, though. I've never, I, I, I never been a woman that walks past a construction site. Never done it. 
Never been it. I have no idea what it feels like. But I have been a man that doesn't fucking cat call. So like I imagine that good point. was like like I don't fucking do that. So like it blanket statements of like, oh man, our construction fucking workers <laughs> and drinking our miller drafts and screaming at them skates. Like I don't know. I just that's not me, right? You do the so accent I, well. Maybe you thanks. do that. <laughs> I just yeah. wish there maybe was a representation of the mother was trying to represent is there an ordinary Barbie? Where it's like maybe there's an ordinary Ken in there somewhere that's just like I kinda just am guy a guy, right? And I'm not the asshole Ken's. Right. Cause like I you're making it to seem like there's an evil out there and like maybe it's also is 2023 and men have developed in a different direction as well we all don't want old 70 year old white men in congress making stupid fucking decisions for us that's not okay you know what i would have liked you know? I, we I don't want that so i would have liked this movie to have been more of a period piece in the sense that mattel has only been making stereotypical barbie throughout its entire history and maybe period piece in terms of like 2006 2007 I'm not sure of the of the timeline with Mattel's Barbie mm-hmm. products. But all of the Barbies are the same race, the same look. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. That's how we open up the movie with Start Barbie with that. Land. They it's all look all like Margie. Hot Margo, right? You know what's funny? Because Margot Robbie looks like three or four different other actresses. If just all Barbie Land was Samara Weavings, Emma Mackey's, all of these actresses that look like her. And Emmy yeah. Ma- Emmy Mackey was in the movie. But Everyone looked like that, and then she goes to the real world and kind of disrupts that trend and then brings on people of color Barbie and disabled Barbie and all these other things and ushers in the change that Mattel has already brought into the world. Well, okay. Then I think I would have liked that a little bit better where it's just like the movie's kind of chronicling Mattel's inclusion into its own product design, which it has already done. But the fact that the movie takes place in current day and, and already has all of his other Barbies in the well, beginning with Issa Rae as the president and with everything else going on, it just it just felt it just felt like disconnected with itself. Go ahead. My counter to that is yeah. that I think they started there with like because people would say a people would say like oh, there's a bunch there already are a bunch of Barbies, but not all Barbies look the same. But that's why I wanted to make it a period piece. But. Okay, you're saying it takes place in the 60s? No, I, like, or, or even whenever they started to think outside the Barbie box. That's when it would happen? Exactly. Okay. But Ni- okay. 90s, 2000s, whenever that happened. I think it takes place today because I think what Greta and friends are trying to say is that, like, yeah, Barbie. We're still going through this? Well, yeah, like, Barbie tried. We do have all these different Barbies, and guess what? It hasn't worked. The world is still unequal. I think that's what they were trying to say, and that's why they're opening up with, like, we do have a Barbie in a wheelchair, and that doesn't seem to fucking do anything, has it? Girls don't even want to play with them anymore. So really, what was the point? You can't you can't use a toy to change the world like that. But but this this toy kind of has changed the world since its introduction. It, like, it, it does. Yeah. I it's, mean, ama- it's amazing the cultural impact this toy has had in little girls throughout all of history. And okay. it's... yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that before I watched this documentary, which it's called Tiny Shoulders, and it does play as a very like Mattel influenced documentary about like how our products have kind of shaped history in that sense. But it has it has yeah. had a profound impact. And I just I think what we both are saying that that being aside is that it's just like the message and the reflection is 
the time have they have changed a little bit i think i yeah. think i can confidently say that like things have changed a little bit in a good direction we've taken steps as far as like equality goes with gender i hope so you know i hope yeah. so as well and i think that like this movie had a fucking point 20 years ago like probably 20 years ago like yeah. things weren't maybe quite 15, as equal maybe yeah, 10 maybe 15 maybe 10 yeah. but it feels like but also i don't fucking know man but as watching a movie from beginning to end i will say that i was like where is this going what is happening? I was entertained. I want so, to talk about like, some positives. Yeah, so do I. I was um, genuinely entertained. Ryan is a fucking good boy, and I miss him. Gosling was fantastic. <laughs> I miss him. I thought I Kate. Miss- McK- I thought Kate McKinnon was great. I thought everything. Weird with- Barbie, I get because sorry to interrupt, but Weird yeah. Barbie, I get because I did Weird GI Joes. I made them always split. So I knew that. That's great. And I would always fuck with those GI Joes. I would shave them and I would put weird things on their faces. Absolutely. Well, that sounds like something for a therapist. Uh, <laughs> uh, everything with America Ferrara and her daughter mm-hmm. did not work. Agreed. Like I just, it felt very like shoehorned in, and it's just like we have to. I mean, even that first introduction scene with the cafeteria with the daughter just felt like Barbie shows up to this girl's cafeteria and she's just saying all of these things off the cuff. Like, you're responsible for the demise of all women throughout all of history. And it's like, what? (laughs) Holy shit. Like, this is second period. Yeah. Like, what's happening right now? I mean, like, it just felt. But maybe that was the point. It was fucking supposed to be over the top. I mean, Will Ferrell's entire, like, CEO cabinet was over the top. Not good. Over he was he was shit. fine, but his character was just poorly written. Like he was fine with delivering what he was given, but just that that his whole that whole sequence with the board of directors just should have been completely eliminated from this film. Okay, we did not need any of that. The Michael Sarah of it all, we did not need any. Yeah, of he that. didn't. I didn't really understand. Do anything. So I, I, that's I still don't understand. That's yeah. a disconnect that I think you and I have. We don't. I don't know who Alan is. Is that a yeah, doll? I have no idea if that was no real idea. Or not. I don't know. Um, the Ken. Dance off at the end had no idea. I get that it was like they were so preoccupied with fighting each other that they yeah. missed the vote, yes. which allowed the women to take back control. I get that, but I didn't need a t- it felt like 12 minutes a 12 minute dance off scene of Simu Lu and we're Ryan Gosling going getting, at each other. So much wrong with this that I found it hard to sit through. Yeah, uh, it would. I thought it was pretty bad, which is, I hate to say it because I had high hopes for so it. I. And I love Greta and I love a lot of Noah films. And it's, um, yeah, it, it felt misguided. Ultimately, I would not go see it. If anything, I thought it should have been more self-aware because sometimes it was self-aware. There were moments where like Helen Mirren would say some things that were like, she mentioned she Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah. she's the narrator. Which is fun. She mentioned Margot Robbie at one point. I like that. Yeah, so did I. I was like, maybe more of this. breaking. Yeah, and maybe if they were ever were to go into a, a, a lean into the to the real world, all the real world shit should have been a twenty four esque. I think it should have fucking had some goddamn weight to it, and should have had some like heaviness right. of like, wow, this movie went here. But I don't get that. It just kind of surface level. It kind of was just a moment where someone stood up and said what they thought, and then sat back down, and we were all like, oh, guess someone just screamed their feelings for a second, you know. <laughs> Anyway, man, there's more Ken's coming apparently, and more Barbies, right? You said, yeah, Ken sequel, Ken sequel, spinoff, spinoff in the works, and thirty Mattel movies. So forty-five, um, baby, forty-five. Greta, 
Keep making movies. We love you. Let's go. <laughs> All day. I don't know about... I'll take it back. I really want to see your uh, Narnia. Narnia. You know? I was a quick off-the-cusp thought, but I was like, oh, no. I don't know if I trust her with magic, but maybe she'll be great. Are you ready for our yes, final feature final presentation? Film, the last movie of the night. And... Uh, I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna play the music. Is that okay? Might be the last movie of all time of mankind. <laughs> we don't know. It's a banger. This year's we hope number one motion picture. Uh, Oppenheimer, guys, starring Will Arn- uh, Arn- uh, Chris- starring Christopher Nolan. Um, Oppenheimer, IMDb. The story. <laughs> <laughs> Will Arnett's not in this movie. St- uh, He's the only one not in this movie. Yeah, right? <laughs> the story, the poster kind of looks like Hunger Games. Um, the story of American scientist J, never n- know what the J stands for, Robert Oppenheimer. It stands for nothing. Really? That's what they say in the movie. Really? Yeah. Well, now we know. Yeah. Fuck me, I guess. J. Robert Oppenheimer and his role in the development of the atomic bomb. Nice. Easy. INDB classic. Letterboxed. A little longer. Oppenheimer, the world forever changes. The story of J. Robert Oppenheimer's role in the <laughs> development of the atomic bomb during World War II. <laughs> that's what it says? Yeah, that's all it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, hey, man, guess what? I didn't know who Oppenheimer was before this. You didn't at all? Not at all. Really? Yep. Okay. So when you and Dex and Bob were like, you see a trail for Oppenheimer? And I'm like, ooh, this is going to be a cool, like, <laughs> mystical film about, <laughs> what's this about? Uh, and then it was like bomb stuff. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm just hyped for Chris Knoll. Chrissy Knoll. <laughs> yeah. Christy Knoll. Christy Knoll. <laughs> so I was like, oh, nice. That's another one of his movies. Cool. Um, I'm probably going to fuck up again, like I did with. Wes Anderson's and I was like I haven't seen a lot of his movies and I listed the ones I saw which was apparently a lot most of them so uh, Memento First Man I've seen this oh, First Man is Damien Chazelle <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else did, it's funny uh, you say that because this movie gave me some First Man energy okay yeah. well then there you go see I wasn't yeah. wrong um, anyway whatever so Chris Nolan, he made this movie, Big Bang, big about uh, the Big Bang. Um, I didn't know who Robbie Ops was, but watching it, now I learned. Robbie Ops? Robbie Ops. <laughs> and uh, Oppie. Oppie. <laughs> so, like, do you want to talk about it first? <laughs> Damn, this is three whole hours long. I saw it. I saw it after Barbie. You I saw watched it, last it. Night. This movie's three fucking hours long. Yeah. I didn't know that either before going in. I was like, goal two, hard man, three. You just went in blind. Yeah, I really did, man. Yeah. But I do love me some Cillian. Cillian? Killian. Killian. I love me some Killian. Irishman. Lots of uh, jump scares that we'll get to later in this, but uh, <laughs> lots of jump scares in this movie, guys. <laughs> do you want to talk about it first or should I? I'll talk about it. What was your rating? So I thought this movie was fantastic. Okay. So I'm going to give it a 4.5. I had a lot of flaws with it, but it can't be stressed how impeccable just the filmmaking of this movie was Mm -hmm. and how exceptional. And as much as I love the score of this movie, it did drown out a lot of the dialogue. I would say, frankly, I may have picked up 60% 
of what was said in the film. Probably one of my biggest issues with it as well, yeah. Huge issue. Really was. <laughs> Where I don't know. <laughs> kind of sucked actually. And sometimes. I don't know if it was our IMAX screening or or what, but it it begged for closed captioning for me, and I watched everything with closed captioning, uh-huh. and it was just I would have followed the events of the movie a little better if I could hear it better. And it's it's a shame because the score was amazing, but it just it played during every single every scene of the movie. Single scene, and there were a couple choices when he would when Christopher Nolan would stop the score and it would be more of a quiet scene and a quiet moment. And I tried to pay attention more during those moments, especially pay more a special attention to those moments because I felt like he wanted us to listen to these a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But overall, if that's my only gripe with this, I'm okay with it. Well, to, he, he yeah. it's just th- this movie was three hours, but it, it went by maybe in an hour. Really? Like, Holy shit, dude. To be dragon this, for me. This, dra- oh, this drug for you. Fuck a drug. Um, Damn, I didn't feel talking? this was slow at all. I was wow. just completely enraptured by every second of this film. Um, the performances are outstanding. I can't see Killing Murphy not getting a nomination. Mm-hmm. I can't see Robert Downey Jr. not getting a nomination. Just mm-hmm. yeah. truly impeccable. Yeah. Um, you mentioned jump scares. Just the fact that yeah. there are so many actors in this movie. Yeah top of the top of the class of Hollywood just keep showing up. Yeah. And I knew the cast going into this and there was still some, we won't ruin them, but still some great cameos in this of actors that have been in prior Chris Nolan films that show up for maybe a scene, scene and a half, just really great stuff. Um, The messing messaging of this movie, which pairs pretty well because I felt Barbie was kind of very forward with its messaging and wanted to get it across constantly. I think the messaging of this movie was perfect where it was, it was in your face, but it was subtle at the same time. They didn't hand out spoons for sure. (laughs) They didn't. They didn't. And it, it's a biopic, right? We've been inundated with biopics and, on our streamers and in our theaters for the last few years. This one just, it kind of reinvented the wheel a little bit where the jumping back and forth, the time shifts back and forth. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. This to me, this worked amazingly. Like it, it kept the forward momentum constantly going where it's just, I want to know what you have to say. And you have a movie where Paul Schrader is saying, this is the most important movie of the 21st century. And then we watched the movie, and you know why by the end of it. The last scene, which we won't get into, but it kind of encapsulates the movie perfectly and and talks about all of the themes and motifs of what's going on. And it's just expert filmmaking. He's just a master of everything. And yes, does he write his female characters a little poorly? For sure. Does he not know when to linger on a scene and let a scene breathe yes should he have had some quieter moments throughout this yes but you mean to tell me this movie is just not an event and just not someone asks you how was Oppenheimer it's just I don't know how to describe it it was unbelievable like I just I don't know where to begin because it's it it 
transcends the whole world of filmmaking and movie making for me. Like this was just an experience and it's it's so immersive that it's hard to describe for me just especially seeing it in IMAX in a theater just that bomb going off and all of the scenes around it and when Killian is going through the inner turmoil of his actions and what he's accomplished and this, the scenery behind him vibrating with oh the, the force and, and veracity of the velocity of just a atom bomb going off in his head. It's just, it's, it's truly incredible. He's just, he's such a visionary. What did you think? Well, I was going to just going to say that maybe the quiet, the, the quietest part of this film was the bomb going off. Mm-hmm. Like if music is playing throughout, which kind of made me feel like a three hour trailer sometimes mm. just how I felt about it. But like when the bomb does go off, when they test it silence and it's like, wow, the rest of this movie is pretty fucking loud. There's the voices, everyone talking the the, what they were trying to say was speaking genuine volumes. And then it goes off and all we hear is Oppenheimer breathing and everyone holding their breath. And it's like, the opposites, you know, the the black and white for the f- present day film shots, and then the color shots right. are in the past. That's not normally how it's done, <laughs> you know. So like, he, I don't know what that, I don't know what that says. I'm sure there's something there, and if we kind of like dug deep to like figure that out, but super cool. So I think I, I think I saw today tier. that the the black and white scenes were not from Oppenheimer's perspective. Okay. And then all of the color scenes were from his perspective. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Um, but to, to your note about the silence of the bomb drop, um, to me that was just, it was great because it was silent because the sound needed to travel yeah. to us, yeah, which yeah, was great. Yeah, yeah, it was just that in- yeah. anticipation of just, yeah. we see it happening, but we're still, it's so far away that we're waiting for that sound to travel yeah. to to the actors and the sure. players on screen. Yeah, it's so good. Um, you mentioned something about like top tier cinematic, like cinema, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is the best, and it almost feels a little unfortunate that like we get movies anymore. What feels like as the past like three years since like maybe the pandemic is just like big blockbuster Marvel fucking this is the shit type stuff. And it's like, we got to wait for like a Nolan film to come out. That's like, wow, remember this is a real movie. And it sucks that we have to like categorize and compartmentalize. Like, Oh, this is a real movie. And then we just have fucking movies, you know, that yeah, sucks, just, man. They, they become that, like, so run the mill and, yeah. and factory and made and cookie yeah, cutter. Like, Damn, we have a problem. good movie. Like, Oh shit. That's good. It's like sucks, man. I'm like, I don't know. Like, Damien, which I messed up with the first man, but Damien just right. like also his films are like top tier. They're events. Filmmaker. Yeah, events. I don't know what I'm trying to say with that, other than the fact that it sucks no, that we have to be like subjected to just like, ah, this one's a movie. Just wait for a movie to come out later this year. But right now, just watch this movie. You know? <laughs> the the reason why First Man kind of resonated with me is just because when Gosling and First Man gets to the moon landing, that's scene is so quiet. Yeah, the score cuts out, yeah. and it's just it's just visual, and it's yeah, it's it's chronicling an event in American history, and the climax of the movie is so quiet, and yeah. that was kind of very similar with this, where we're chronicling 
probably the most important mo- uh, moment of the 20th century, and it's sure. it's met with yeah. a, 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 a mutedness and. I saw a lot of parallels there, and it's just two masters behind the camera. Just this is their vision. This mm-hmm. is this is it. There's what, two, what do you give it, by the way? Four. Okay. Yeah, I flirted with a four as well. Yeah. There's two moments that I really want to point out before I forget them. <laughs> so one was there's like a throwaway, not a throwaway line, but a line that is delivered. That I, I guess you don't really think about it when you think about history. When you think about the World War II ending, it's America dropped the bomb and that was the end of the war and it's over, right? Um, They say, I think Oppenheimer says it, that like we dropped a bomb on a entity, a country, an enemy that was willing and going to surrender. Like they were gonna. But we did it anyway. And that's fucking awful. Yeah. (laughs) That like Japan was like, the war's over, we're done for, Germany's gone, the main, like we're kind of, would be, but we did it anyway, <laughs> and that's right. really unacceptable, huh? The, the movie, <laughs> so the movie the captures very great fucking moment. Movie captures like, you don't really think about that, you know? His guilt yeah. about creating this yeah. weapon, and they were gonna surrender, right? You know? That's that's the the one thing that I want to highlight is from well, yeah. Go ahead. What's your second point? What, the, the second point. I'm so sorry, but the no, second point. But maybe it's what you're about to say was that like it does highlight his guilt, but like. Truman, he has a scene with Truman. I guess this might be a spoiler moment. I don't know. But he has a moment with Truman, and he's saying, like, you know, I'm feeling pretty shitty about the thing I just built that you guys used. And Truman's like, I did it. I told him to do it. You built the thing. You didn't drop it. I did. Right. And that's My such hands a great. Are dirty. Yeah. yeah. Get out of here. He yeah. like offers him a tissue. He's like, fuck you, kind of. Get, don't let this baby back in my room. Yeah, cry baby. <laughs> you know? yeah. Don't let this crazy back in here. And it's like, uh, yeah, you kind of made a thing. You have you have a huge part to play in it, but like, right. they're not going to remember. You're like, I'm the one that fucking pulled the trigger. And it yeah. sucks. And right. I'm like, have you seen? You know? Have yeah. you seen? Uh, just two great moments of that I thought were like incredibly powerful. Yeah. And um, one of the most memorable scenes to me is just when he's delivering to a crowd of people, the fact that the bombs were dropped on Japan yeah. and it's yeah. in some sort of like barn house structure in Los Alamos. And, you know, he, he sees some of the faces in the crowd, like he's imagining their skin being just blown off. Yeah. And he, he steps through this, this burned just corpse on the ground as he's walking out and just, beginning stages of his his torment and his grief that's going to just plague him for the rest of his life just truly amazing stuff captured mm-hmm. on film which like bled into the last hour of this movie which to me was the best hour of this movie where the american government just kind of turns on him and yeah as oppenheimer starts to come to terms with what he did and kind of denounce what America did. The government who entrusted this entire project and program to him mm-hmm. turns his back on him and wants to paint him as a Soviet and a commie sympathizer and just ruin his reputation and just like get him out of scapegoat. Yeah. Get him out of the limelight. It's just 
it's to me it, it it was just really well done how they captured all of that and yeah. just it's a great document of just american history and it's sad and it's somber and it's it's yeah. really it's just really powerful stuff and what christopher nolan's trying to say just it comes across the screen so well with such a deft hand that you okay <laughs> no buying ice cubes there yeah there? my ice hit the glass <laughs> <laughs> They absolutely heard it. Sorry. Such a such a deft hand, and unlike Dave's deft hand, and <laughs> unbelievable. And when you have actors at Killian Murphy and Matt Damon and Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh and and Robert Downey Jr. and all of these people just operating at the top of their craft, it's just unbelievable. It's yeah. just it's one of those one of those things where I can't wait to go see it again and just yeah. be absorbed into it and pick up new things and realize other things that are going on and piece piece things together it's just it begs a rewatch and mm-hmm. man i loved it i was going to say the einstein of it all and i don't know what that means and i just watched the words come out of my mouth but the einstein of it all <laughs> yeah like, so we were talking a little bit earlier about like how our my personal sense of history is all fucked up. My timeline, <laughs> and like when that I, he's around during this time. Yeah, when I think about Einstein, I don't know what I think about. When I think about Einstein, like where he was in the world and when he was, it's like this mythical creature, almost like a mythos of yeah. Oh, Einstein and 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 uh, Tesla and and uh, the guy that invented a light bulb. <laughs> like, yeah, these guys are just right. like oh, parts of history they happened, but like no, yeah. no, there was a time when they were alive and born and things were happening, and like I didn't place. Einstein ever in World War Two in right. my brain. And it's just like weird to see him on screen as like walking around talk like that's that's nuts to me. Right. <laughs> you know, he's just standing there like he's a supporting figure. And even in that moment, Oppenheimer they bring up Einstein. He's like, Oh yeah, Einstein dropped his relativity new album. 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's He's like, old news. This is old shit. It's like, yeah. when the fuck does history happen? That's awesome. Right. <laughs> like, you know? Crazy shit. There were mammoths when when pyramids were built. You know that, right? <laughs> That's crazy shit. You right. know? So, um, wonderful work. You know, wonderful stuff. Um, he, <laughs> it, It's crazy to watch a Nolan film. And uh, I'm also running out of juice. How did my thing tell me I have no juice? I'm plugged in. Plug this into you. Where are you at? It, t- it told me I have less than 20. Oh, I was at 10. All right. Well, we're going to do this together. Um, it's crazy how you can watch a Nolan movie and be like, that's an over-the-shoulder shot. And it's just a Nolan over-the-shoulder shot. <laughs> right. Right? Like, he yeah. just, his movies look different. And um, crazy stuff, man. Beautiful. I do want to really want to, I really do want to watch it again. Right. What did you think about um, Nolan as the writer of the film? Were you into it? Has he like written? You, you said you were. You felt it, it dragged a little bit. He yeah, was, he was a writer on most of the uh, most of his other films, but this one he solely written. So solely wrote. Sorry. Mad props, because honestly, I got lost as hell. I got real lost. And I think maybe in thinking about it, like having a day to talk about talk to my mom about it, I think there was like we, I said I said it before, we gotta get Sarah on the pod. I think that like that's a fucking skill set to be like, I'm gonna write this whole movie where it gets so convoluted, but it's like 
just bureaucracy of like flashing to the past to now to back to now. Like it was literally like almost as if now thinking about it, man. Right. Like there was someone was speaking and then he would cut to someone responding in the past. It was like someone would say something in black and white. Yeah. And then cut to the color. And it was like they were talking. It was almost it was all happening at the same time. Kind of insane. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it, it, and also very difficult to write. So like great work, Chris, if I were to talk to him today, <laughs> I loved it, buddy. Um, yeah. Also, I don't know, confused, but maybe that's the point. Sit back and, and enjoy the ride. And like, I don't yeah. know a damn thing about legislation, but like watching this nightmare happen, all I knew with the powerful music happening and all these incredibly close ups of people being stressed out. It's not good. <laughs> right. And like Oppie is in some trouble. You know, I thought so the, movie, was, I thought, I thought I the, the movie did a great was... job of just they're trying to design this thing, but they're not knowing what they're designing it for. Right. They're so like they're so high. They're, they're nerds. So, they're they're so nerd. like they're geeks about it. It's like they're so in the trees that they can't see the forest. Like, yeah. what are we making? Yeah. Yeah. They're not they don't care. We're just we're just trying to solve this riddle. We're just trying to figure out this thing. Yeah. And then it's just. When it detonates, they're like, wait, what What did we just yeah. do? Yeah. And it, it captured that feeling very well where it's just like, oh, we're just, you know, it, if we didn't even know what they were building, it's just like, oh, it's a fun, like, we're trying to figure out this equation. We're trying to piece this thing together. We're trying to figure out this part of this equation the whole time. And then it's just like, oh, no, we're just making something that could destroy our entire yeah. world. And, uh, yeah, there was a moment where, like, they said, like, yeah, many people die from this thing. And he was like, oh, like, you know, 100,000. They're like, from the bomb. But then three weeks later, another 100,000. Then a year later. And another. then a generation later. So just so you're aware right. of what you did. And yeah. It's, uh, it's tough. Great casting of, like, Jason Clark as the prosecutor. I just breathed like, into the mic, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just took a deep sigh thinking about Jason Clark always, like, bothers me in movies. Why? And, like, I, I, he just bothers me. And so the guy in Mr. Impossible bothers me. Which guy? You know, the that we never actually... Just to talk about Mitch real quick, the two idiots that were CIA—I hated that part oh, of that Shea movie. Yeah, yeah, they were just I why that were those idiots in the film? Yeah. They're just following him around. We're fucking two funny dudes. But anyway, Shea Wiggum, I don't like him. So you don't like this guy? No, he just like every time he's in a movie, he just like he kind of irks me a little bit. And they just mm. they they cast him as Lawless. like yeah, Lawless, yeah, as the older brother. They cast him as like the main instigator of this this hearing towards the end of the movie, and it's just like God, it's just like he's. I just thought it was such great casting because he did, he did such a good job at, yeah. at giving at, at um just conveying like what he's what that character is there for. Yeah, can, it's just like mm-hmm. ah, so can good. We talk about Emily Blunt for one second. Yeah, bro, that scene where she's brought to the stand, quote unquote, as right. it were, and dude, she she crushes it. Fuck man, she's she's like, completely I, I'm underwritten cry throughout right the entire movie. Yeah, but Emily Blunt. She's amazing. There, can I say something that's kind of crazy? Yeah. So the best acting <laughs> ever done in the history of acting okay. is by Emily Blunt in a movie called Looper. And there's a scene where she smokes a cigarette on the porch and there's no cigarette. Google it. Watch it. <laughs> YouTube it. It is in. 
incredible work. Really? And dude, I swear okay. to God. Yeah. And the way she does it, and you're looking at Emily Blunt, and I'm like, there's you can see the weight of the cigarette. And like that shit, it's still happening today. That was how many years ago that movie, and like this Emily Blunt comes in for this maybe. underwritten in the whole film, like you were saying, yeah. like her character was just like the wife in the background. Right. And then she comes in on this Titan role, this scene stealing, just I don't know what the hell she's doing up there. There's no one else in the room. It's just her being being Emily. And right. it's like, get the fuck out of here. Amazing. Nonsense. Amazing. Incredible. 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 Uh the composer of the movie, who definitely deserves all the praise, uh, Ludwig Göransson, mm-hmm. just okay. the score of this movie is incredible. Like I, I can't see this um, not being nominated and winning for this. It'll play. Um, it'll play throughout the entire Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sure. great. Yeah, that would be yeah. great. <laughs> He's Nolan's been like ignored from Academy Award ceremonies in the past a lot. Doesn't but, make any sense, right? Yeah, you know, I know. You made a post on our page. Hey guys, welcome back. Talking pictures, uh, talking underscore podcast <laughs> underscore pictures. Um, you're you rated all of your Nolan films. Yeah, and I'm so, a, I'm a like, huge Interstellar fan. Interstellar. Yeah. What's your number one? It's Inception, but okay. in in my heart of hearts, it's it's Interstellar. Okay, yeah, that's How in many my top films ten. Has he made. This is number twelve. Holy smokes! Yeah. And you've probably seen most of them, probably. but you don't remember. No. Because he made a Dark Knight trilogy, and he's made The Prestige, and Memento, and Dunkirk, and, you know, Following, Insomnia, and Memento. He made it Follows? No, Following. Oh. That was his first one. <laughs> that would be great. He just took a little pause to make It Follows. That would be so That would be so fun. Well, guys, that... Um, we lost to say about this movie. Um, so, uh, sorry. I you really just brought it. something up for me that I would have mentioned. Tripped over myself. Yeah, Please what? do. <laughs> you were in the middle of something and I kind of was like, wait, no, what No, no, you're fine. Ah, there was something I wanted to say. Ah, it's fine. That's I'm okay. I'm going to continue to talk about Florence Pugh, which we didn't talk about really. Because um, we do you have mean a few my, more You mean here. my favorite actress working today? You and love she her. She shows up for a couple scenes and she absolutely crushes it. Yeah, she steals it, man. Yeah. She's great. Did she's she great. need to be naked in this movie? No, absolutely not. No, um, no I don't know why that was in no. in the movie, but you know, weird stuff. You yeah, know? just yeah. is that just Nolan being Nolan? Sure, I guess. Whatever, guys. This movie absolutely tank, absolutely tank, not tanked. It tanked? No, it tank. <laughs> And I'm glad you, you guys. Uh, I'm glad you guys got a chance to listen to our podcast. And um, I don't know, man. Do you have anything else to say about it? Do you want to touch on any other things about it? Just go see it in the theater, man. That's you know it, what you're. It right. needs to be a a, a movie that should yeah. be seen in the biggest IMAX screen that you can find. Even if the music's playing throughout, it is still overwhelming. And maybe sit in alone in the middle, but not next to people. <laughs> and so you get that. If possible. Maybe it feels know. like Nolan's dropping a bomb on you. And that's <laughs> and for you to decide whether it was right or not. That's <laughs> your takeaway? Is that your... <laughs> that's my fucking takeaway. That's your metaphor? That's my metaphor. That's, um... yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> I keep like ending the podcast, but it's not over. I'm just like, I don't know why. I don't know what's wrong with me right there now. There was something I wanted to say about this. I wish I'm trying to buy time for you to think. <laughs> How good was Matt Damon in this, though? That's it. Yeah, okay, let's talk about Maddie. Yeah. So, like, Maddie, like, the last thing I saw him in was Air. And it was like, 
what the fuck is happening with Maddie in this? He was play by numbers. And then he comes in with this fucking shit where he's like incredible. So like Matt Damon. Don't hate all Matt Damon in there. Just shitting on Maddie's air performance. To me, he gave one of, to me, his performance in air is still one of the best five acting performances of the year. You're for best actor for best actor. Hi, best actor. <laughs> You're cold. Give me some others. Best actor of the year. Yeah, I can't right now. All right. I got Joaquin and Bo is afraid. I got Killian Murphy and Oppenheimer and I got Matt Damon in air. And that's, See, that's kind of it. Seems like a loaded question based on your answers right now. <laughs> as I can recall, I can recall things. Yeah. 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 I think you can. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, what, what were you thinking about? I don't know. It'll come to me. All right. We'll talk about it on Record Direct next week. Okay. So, <laughs> Guys, thank you for listening to this podcast, and thank you for lear- learning with me who Oppenheimer is. And thank you for <laughs> taking a second out of your day to just understand a little bit about why the fuck uh, computer graphics should go back to early alts. So, um, <laughs> No CGI shots in this movie at all. No, not at that's all. Real bombs. That's what Christopher Nolan said. No CGI shots. Which Did is, he really? Yeah, which is incredible. Dude, the close-ups of, of like, incredible. throughout, he would just cut to, like, it would be, like, a line where he would be like, oh, I'm feeling kind of sad today. And then hard cut. Wait, T- t- w- w- three three thoughts at once. Hold on. You ever start six seconds at one time? Uh, sentences at one time. I'm not sure. Um, seconds or like sentences. all these fucking like close-ups of like explosions and molecules and shit that were real. Apparently, obviously, just like right. got mac- micro shots. But there's a scene where young Oppenheimer sitting in bed, and there's like this happening of atoms in front of him, and it's such like a weird off shot. Where yeah. it is, it, we, you're looking at it, it's like, is that just in the room? Like he's. It was in his dream, and then the more he thought about it, it it's was just in the happening room. happening in front. Dude, yeah. crazy shit. Yeah. Um, what's <laughs> happening on the next episode? <laughs> so the next episode will be our Wreck or Drek episode. We have a, yeah. I think, eight movies that we're going to talk about. Uh-huh. Uh, Joyride, The Outlaws, Bird Box, Barcelona. It's going to be a good time. Okay. Yeah. And then what about our fun. next main episode? Well, we'll talk about that on Wreck or Drek. Okay, guys, guess what? After this, we're going to watch more movies, and you better be here or be square. No, don't Don't do it. Why did you do it? Thanks for coming, everybody, and uh, stay oppie. Have a good night.